0: Good morning, listeners! It is July 6th, and this is Coin News. Okay, so just really quickly, I want to hit something that I missed yesterday and this weekend. One of the biggest exchanges was hacked. The South Korean exchange Bitstamp lost about $5 They are compensating all of their users, though, which is good news, but it shows where the weak points are in blockchain. I'm going to be using a new website today called World Coin Index. I noticed a problem with... Uh, coin market cap, their advertised uh, market cap is 116 billion, which seems kind of high to me. And I went and checked their charts, and it is still hovering around 100 billion. So, saw a YouTuber using this website, decided to check it out, and their ticker is at 100 billion, 100.2 billion, 100.28 billion for the market cap right now, which is about right. Okay, starting off the top with our 24 hour top earners, we've got Dubai Coin at 424%. If you haven't heard about Dubai Coin, it's linked to their economy. And if you know about Dubai or the UAE, you know that that's was expected to take off. Uh, and second, we have something called Crypto Circuits at 186%. No idea what that is. Something called Recoin, Kruger Coin, Amber Coin, EDR Coin, Gen Stake, Quotient, Metal Coin, Zercoin, Wex Coin, Spots. Haven't heard of any of this. Oh, I've heard of Vercoin and Verge. But I couldn't, off the top of my head, tell me what they do, tell you what they do. So that's our, our top earners today. Uh, clearly, lots, lots of research if you want to be in the market right now. So, to go over the losers right now, it's also 10 coins that I've pretty much never heard of before Bitstake, Comet Coin, Neutron, U Coin, Moon Coin, Stress Coin, Craft Coin, Master Coin, Singular, Singular DTV, and Lex EC. And they range from 40% down to about 23% down. Decided to hop over back to CoinMarketCap and look at their biggest winners and losers. And the lists don't really match up. So I think I might need to go find some new sources of information today and decide what's going on. The only thing I recognized from yesterday is Funcoin is still down. And, um, Yeah. (laughs) I may just switch to a top 10, top 20 format for the initial daily financial analysis. If there's something in particular that, that you want to hear about, um, I feel like I just talked about 20 shit coins that I have no idea what they're about. Except Dubai coin, that one I know that if you're on board on that, um, that's a good thing. Uh, so we're gonna, just going to go through right now the, the top 10. So I guess the way that I, I realize I'm looking at market cap and I I always organize things by the market cap uh, which goes Bitcoin, Ethereum, Ripple, Litecoin, Ethereum Classic, Dash, NEM, IOTA, and Monero. Now the bottom sort of like 7, 8, and 9 are always kind of up in and out. Like EOS jumped up, Zcash was up there, Steam, like it all kind of jumps around based on those last three so that's not super consistent the other one that i look at is the daily volume because that shows you liquidity and that shows you kind of that's like where everybody's standing everybody's a lot of people are standing around bitcoin a lot of people are standing around ethereum litecoin um, eos is up today they're having that that extended crowd sale if you if you've heard about that i read in the terms and i didn't really like it because it said it didn't ever guarantee you any coins it was very strict on the fundraiser we're not giving you any promises. This is not a security. You know, we don't want to get sued. Uh, following EOS, we have Dash, uh, which is uh, digital cash. They had this really good marketing campaign going, and the lady recently took a sabbatical. Um, and so I am I like them. Uh, the people that I watch on YouTube are talking about Dash a lot. They like it. They're bullish on it. So I would definitely do some research on that, get your own knowledge. Uh, next on the list is we have Ethereum Classic, um, very contentious, but there's, there's definitely more, um, I'd say there's more love for Ethereum Classic now than there was 3 or 4 months ago. Um, if, you, if you don't know about the DAO and the hard fork and all of that, definitely go learn about that. Next we have Tether. Tether I know nothing about except that it's pegged to the dollar and um, you can use it on exchanges to basically trade in and out of quote unquote dollar next we have ripple ripple is definitely something that i i'm in i I'm not, i know that they are creating a network for banks to streamline uh, payments and they're moving ahead with that and it's going well so i'm i'm cool with that just the same thing is it's not on the list here but pivex uh, they're releasing a Terminal system so that you can actually use, I guess, like a PIVX card, and you could just bring that to the merchant, and they have their little PIVX machine and do and do the process and the payment there. I'm trying to look up for where they are at on volume. They're not on the volume list. Oh, here it is. They're they're way down the list for volume. They're at uh, who only one point only 1.5 million was transacted in the last uh, 24 hours for PIVX, which is which is really low because you look at the uh, P- Bitcoin, I mean, obviously it's the market leader, the dominating by about 40%, and it's at $823 million is is the 24-hour turnaround on that. So that's a big difference, uh, difference in liquidity, difference in being able to get it in and out of market. And the last one for volume today is going to be BitShares. And if you're not familiar with BitShares, I'm not, the only thing I really know about BitShares is the name, uh, Larimer, Dan Larimer, um, if you know, I think he's involved with the Tezos ICO, let me do a quick Google search here. Okay, so, Dan Larimer just did some reading, um, I've read other articles and stuff, uh, which is why I knew his name, and he's definitely, like, can and should be mentioned alongside the name Vitalik Buterin and Satoshi Nakamoto. Uh, If you're familiar with either of those two, uh, Bitcoin... Oh, and Charlie Lee, of course. Um, Those are the four big people that I can just bring to mind right now. But, you know, obviously there's a lot more people out there that are doing stuff that I haven't heard of. So they they are by far not just the Pantheon. Anyway, Dan Larimer. So he started out in 2009 talking with Satoshi on Bitcoin forums and is um, involved since the beginning with that. He is also responsible for the Steam blockchain, if you're familiar with that social media Reddit-like website. If you're not familiar, familiar with it, that's S-T-E-E-M, uh, go check it out. And if you're a content producer or doing anything, you can post stuff up there and actually get paid real money to, to post stuff. And people are getting thousands of dollars for posts. that that people are finding, um, takes the Reddit scheme of upvote and actually applies a Bitcoin currency to that. Now, since then, or before Steam, he worked on BitShares, which you can go look up what what that solves. And the more important thing is, in more recent history, he is the main mind behind EOS. Uh, We talked about that a little bit earlier, and that blockchain is aiming to solve a few things, specifically scalability, As we've seen with specifically the status ICO on Ethereum, scalability might be a problem. Um, Also, though, people are adapting, like EOS is doing its ICO differently because it won't crash the Ethereum network. However, I think it's still having that negative impact on the price and keeping it down because EOS is going on for so long. I think uh, it might be a good sort of point to look at when the EOS... ICO ends, look and see which other ICOs are going to happen because the price of Ethereum might pop if there's nothing, if there's no incentive to be dumping it into these new companies then the price will go up. Anyway, uh, EOS, what is it trying to solve besides scalability? Um, Well one thing they say that uh, other blockchains, they lack interoperability and they're difficult for legacy companies to navigate. Blockchain technology is redefining the entire internet, but for most company owners, there's no easy way to adapt this brand new revolutionary technology. I'm just reading this, by the way. I believe EOS is trying to make blockchain technology easy to adopt by creating a blockchain operating system for companies. So it's very similar to Ethereum that it's super public, but here they're thinking that this is something that I guess can be can be cloned, can be forked into a company, because there's more controls and there's more things you can do with the blockchain. It's not as solid, at least in my in my small superficial understanding at the moment, I haven't read the white paper yet, that Bitcoin is all about being public. It's supposed to be this robust security thing in the face of people trying to modify it. And so it's a trustless third party. That's essentially what it, it solves, trustless third party and double spend solutions. What EOS is doing, is taking those things, but then understanding that there's going to be more of a centralized management of it and, you know, being able to be deployed by a company which has a hierarchy, which has command structure. So kind of like if you uh, looked at the Bancor token, you look at the code there, like it's not, (laughs) I, I almost think that Bancor was a joke. And I only say that because when you dig deeper into the code, I, I read a guy's article, and he dug deeper and showed it to me. Well, not me specifically, you know what I mean, it's a blog. Anyway, um, and there's a lot of controls in there that you can go in, you can delete tokens from any account. You can create tokens in any account. There's this like um, super admin layer to it, um, which, you know, Bancor, B-A-N-C-O-R, very close to Bancor, B-A-N-K-E-R, B-A-N-K-E-R um, just phonetically. So I thought that was kind of funny, kind of a joke on the community. Um, but, I, you know, I haven't looked up how they're doing. Maybe you should. Anyway, so EOS, I think, is going in that same type of direction where you have sort of a master control over over a blockchain and using the blockchain more as a way of a versioning system f- and, and security within an organization. Um, and also, they're talking about interoperability. And so if you have your EOS, say you have, you know, your company's EOS system that you have implemented and customized a little bit, well, you should still be able to interoperate and work with other companies that, I guess, are implementing other EOS, their versions of it, and then et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so I'm gonna actually hit the news now on CoinDesk. Uh, I find the top articles here kind of interesting because the first one is about a former fund manager A Bain manager that launched a Bitcoin Ethereum fund, and then we have a political editor, Politico editor, that's using Ethereum to fix journalism somehow. I haven't read the article yet. These are just the um, the titles. Ethereum traders file class action lawsuit over kraken flash crash. So that's not actually part of the interesting part. But then the World Economic Forum might not be ready to lead a blockchain revolution. Well, it doesn't look like they're the ones that are going to be leading it. It looks like the Bain manager and the former Politico editor and everybody else who is former industry or, you know, has been a part of stuff, they they see what blockchain can do. And they see it as a platform, and they're going to move towards it whether or not the powers that be want to move that way. Uh, I'm going to click into the Politico editor piece here real quick. Wow, very interesting. Sounds like they are basically doing what you should do. They're outsourcing management to smart contracts. They're saying we have all of these pieces and politics of the newsroom. You know, there's a specific function that the newsroom is supposed to have. Let's focus on doing that. And everything else can be streamlined into smart contracts that are just cleanly executed. While I like going in-depth, it takes a long time to read all the articles. So I'm just going to go through and sort of just read here. The National Science Foundation awards $450,000 for cryptocurrency incentive study, writes Stan Higgins. A Princeton University researcher has received federal funding to study mechanism incentives and in application to cryptocurrency. So, that's that's the beginning of crypto economics as a field of study right there. Next, we have 22 banks join SWIFT's cross-border blockchain blockchain trial, writes Wolfie Zhao, SWIFT's months long cross-border blockchain trial is expanding with the entrance of more than 20 additional financial firms. That's pretty cool, proving that's a proof of use and concept, all that. Next up, we got investment bank affiliate sells shares for cash and blockchain test, writes uh, Stan Higgins again. And an affiliate of French corporate investment bank, Natixis, has sold shares to investors through a newly unveiled blockchain platform. Pretty cool, got another adoption in use. UN identity tech partner integrates blockchain into payments platform, writes Chan Tian. A tech firm involved in the UN's blockchain trials has expanded its work with the tech through its aid-focused payments platform. Zongang reveals blockchain product details and draft IPO filing, once again writes Wolfie Zhao. China's first online-only insurer, Zongang has filed for an initial public offering, revealing new details about its blockchain development. UK cybercrime watchdog surveillance law could boost digital currency use. A controversial intelligence law passed by the UK last year could drive increased digital currency use according to a new report. And last of all, former Dogecoin exchange CEO faces fraud charges. UK police have brought fraud charges against Ryan Kennedy, the founder of the now-defunct Dogecoin exchange service, Moolah. Once again, written by Stan Higgins. I'm going to have to figure out a better way to attribute these authors, because this is their work that I'm just reading off. Um, This was from Coindesk, if you're interested in reading these articles more in-depth. Moving over to Cointelegraph now, we've got Sweden adopting blockchain to register land and properties. This is another one of the uses for blockchain that makes a lot of sense, because... Land doesn't usually change or move, you get split or combined, but yeah, go Sweden. Switzerland is reinventing itself as a cryptocurrency haven, according to Darren Pollock. Unsurprisingly, the financial center is moving to make sure that blockchain technology and fintech companies looking to take advantage of the, the new it can start up in Switzerland cheaply and quickly. So great to hear about all of this instead of criminals and drugs. Here's a bright spot in the U.S. regulatory framework. Apparently, New Hampshire is just embracing the hell out of Bitcoin and blockchain. So, in the article here by Charles Deering, we have the mention of a libertarian migration, as well as, apparently, when Overstock.com started offering cryptocurrency as a payment method, Bitcoin as payment, one-third of their total orders on the day was from New Hampshire. Now, the reasoning they have here is that New Hampshire excludes cryptocurrency businesses from registering as money transmitters. So if you're new in the United States, if you're transmitting money, that, that's a big big problem. They want to make sure that they have on paper and are regulating you. So I guess it's attracted a lot of companies. I mean, as you know, New Hampshire attracts a lot of companies anyway. Uh, Lamassu, Libri, and AnyPay. That's it for CoinDesk. Sorry, that's it for CoinTelegraph. I've noticed the articles on CoinTelegraph are much more in depth. And if you're looking to immerse yourself, I would definitely go read some articles here. Heading over to the Merkel, first article we've got here is cryptocurrency markets are on the rise once again. The world of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is always filled with interesting surprises and turnarounds. Earlier this week, most of the cryptocurrencies suffered from a major downturn, but things have been turning around. Next we have InvestFeed announces pre-sale ICO and Whitepaper detailing transformation to Ethereum blockchain cryptocurrency social investing network. Wow, that's a long lead. In a world startup let me start that over. In a world of startups with ICOs, this well established community platform is transitioning from US equities to crypto investing into its interface and creating their own feed token. So yeah. Merkel's articles are also very, very long. They're interesting, but they're not very headline ish. So I would definitely go check out Merkel. I'll report if there's something headlinish and interesting when I see it from there, but it's not gonna be a regular website anymore. Hopping over to Reddit. First up on Reddit, we've got a post about buy all the coins, and essentially this is a diversification strategy if you're investing, to go ahead and just just put in a certain amount every, every time period into the top coins that satisfy X. So maybe you put $100 into the top 20 coins every week, Monday at 9am, and, um, and you, know, you put the same amount into each coin, dollar-wise. It's kind of a cost averaging goes up from there. Next post we have is another Poloniex FUD ticket. Um, I wouldn't trade on Poloniex anymore. I, I actually closed out all of my positions and left and went elsewhere. Um, there's just way too much wrong with Poloniex right now. And I went over to, to this different exchange, and it, like, it was just quick and easy and, and good to go. In the course of Redditing, I've discovered another news website called Blockchain News or the blockchain.com. And here's some of their headlines. Startup Manetha wants to, or Monetha, wants to challenge PayPal's and Trustpilot's status quo with the Ethereum blockchain. That's pretty interesting. I might be looking into them. Blockchain startup BitClave launches advertising application. So I wonder how that's going to compete with that, which is the basic attention token. Active Search Ecosystem and Cybersecurity Platform. Oh, okay, it's Advertising, Search Ecosystem, and Cybersecurity. But, I mean, those are all buzzwords. They're just, like, right? Qtum claims world's first proof-of-stake smart contracts platform. And DelWatt, which is a accounting, one of the big four accounting firms, CIS and Waves say they plan to shape the future of blockchain. Okay, I stumbled onto something really cool that I'm diverting from Reddit and TheBlockchain.com. Well, actually, it's a Blockchain.com article. Never mind. I'm just going to start this. This is um, from an IMF note that they sent out to their staff as a discussion point. The introduction and potential proliferation of private virtual currencies might, in one view, threaten to erode the demand for central bank money and the transmission mechanism of monetary policy. A CBDC sorry, a CBDC may forestall such private virtual currencies or relegate them to a secondary role in the payments system. Essentially they're saying we need to come out with our own first to push all these other ones aside since we do still have control. It's tiny because we're only a hundred billion dollar market. Or like the size of us value. This threat is not imminent given the current transactions domain and limitations of existing private virtual currencies and their likely medium-term growth. Stability and safety considerations connected to this proliferation may, however, be relevant in the medium run, but could presumably be dealt with by other measures. So I'm just going to... So the banking world order has definitely taken note and are moving, moving forward. So if you're looking at development, if you're looking to get involved in any of this, I would say the time is now. Start learning. Okay, that's going to be it for today. Um, And to end it out, I'm going to end by reading the abstract from the Bitcoin paper. Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer electronic cash system by Satoshi Nakamoto. The abstract. A purely peer-to-peer version of electronic cash would allow online payments to be sent directly from one party to another without going through a financial institution. Digital signatures provide part of the solution but the main benefits are lost and a trusted third party is still required to prevent double spending. We propose a solution to the double spending problem using a peer-to-peer network. The network timestamps transactions by hashing them into an ongoing chain of hash-based proof of work, forming a record that cannot be changed without redoing the proof of work. The longest chain not only serves as proof of the sequence of events witnessed, but proof That it came from the largest pool of CPU power. As long as a majority of CPU power is controlled by nodes that are not cooperating to attack the network, they'll generate the longest chain and outpace attackers. The network itself requires minimal structure. Messages are broadcast on a best effort basis and nodes can leave and rejoin the network at will, accepting the longest proof-of-work chain as proof of what happened while they were gone. Well, that's it. It's a short seven-page paper, and it goes on to explain how that works. So essentially, Bitcoin solves the main problems of the double spend attack and the trusted third party. Hope you're having a great day, and I will be back tomorrow with more news and some more education and analysis. Uh, Always, if you have any suggestions, things you want to hear about, something you want me to, to prepare, talk about, read... Anything like that, let me know. Give me a call in. Um, Talk to you later. Bye.